If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This week on the program, don't even get us started about this New York geography. It's The Commuter. I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in. As always, welcome to the first quarantined edition uh, of our fine show. Wait a second. We're doing the commuter on the show this week, and we can't commute? What's that about? Dude, it's cruel irony is what it's about, my friend. Does everybody have tinfoil up around their uh, studios <laughs> like me? I'm, I, got, I got a tinfoil hat on my head and great. my testicles. I keep newspapers on the windows just as a matter of course. Yes. <laughs> That's Steve's interior decorating. I don't want to get a fucking sniper after me. Oh, and they are, dude. Absolutely they are. <laughs> I take all my safety nods from William Freakin's bug. <laughs> <laughs> now, would the, the tinfoil like, reflect the, the sniper's laser back at him? Wait, 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 this guy's using a laser now? Well, the, 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 like the scope thing. And then he's like, oh, oh someone's shooting at me now. Sure. <laughs> sure. I will say it is tough to, because uh, it's just me and my wife and two cats in this apartment, it's hard not to feel like you're in bugs sometimes. It's just like, <laughs> I know we in bugs. Dude, you know what, Steve? As long as you two don't light each other on fire over there, I think you're doing all right. We're on day three. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yes, we should say this is being recorded March the 18th 2020 for posterity's sake we are knee deep in this global catastrophe right now uh talking about the computer the computer (laughs) we're talking to our computers yes that's correct about the computer quickly up top i want to mention there was some concern over this we have a tour scheduled for june sure we as of now it is on it is on as of now Mm -hmm. yeah Yep. Uh, so, you know, we will see. And then you know what? If shit continues to happen, we will figure it out from there, folks. But let's not uh, right. try to get ahead of ourselves here. Uh, but in the meantime, this is The Commuter from 2018, directed by Jaime Colette Serra. You may remember him from a few weeks ago. We talked about his movie Orphan. Uh, this movie also is terrible. Uh, it was requested. <laughs> it was requested by uh, our buddy Joel from Longdale, California. Let's hear what he had to say. Hey guys, this is Joel from Lawndale, California, 
and I'm calling in to request 2018's The Commuter, starring Liam Neeson. Um, it's about him trying to figure out a mystery on a plane, or a train, rather. And uh, it's really reminding me of those uh, mid-budget, low-to-mid-budget action movies of the 90s, like uh, Steven Seagal, some of the lesser Bruce Willis stuff. Uh, and, yeah, it's a stupid, goofy ride. Uh, love the show. Uh, thanks. And here we go. Yeah, this is a it's a Liam Neeson movie. Uh, this is Liam Neeson stars in The Boomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I can tell that he is definitely a boomeresque older figure because the opening montage of this movie is him waking up to 10 10 wins every day. <laughs> this is insane. This is like Groundhog Day but with Liam Neeson. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It anger is rising. cold out there, Liam Neeson. Yeah, you're going to you're going to see a shadow. I'll tell you that much Punxsutawney Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this diner eating whatever I want. I'm yeah, just put it anywhere, pal. Morons, your bus is leaving. <laughs> I am an immortal. <laughs> it stinks to be in this redneck uh, uh, Pennsylvania town because I can't find any blacks to get into fights with. <laughs> oh, man, just uh, find me a black wandering the street at night. Liam Neeson, I literally said that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Under- I, I'll never get over this. No one, there, there is no mind. Uh, 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 Charles Xavier's machine doesn't exist. No one knows what you've fantasized about. So don't say your racist fantasies to people and you'll be just fucking fine, you what? idiot. He, th- he thought he was like being confessional. He thought he was being a good guy by saying this. Yeah, this will really score amazing. me some points. Wait a second. Are you from the Catholic Church or Access Tonight, the Hollywood <laughs> program? Uh-oh. You've got one of those Charles Xavier mind machines. Better come clean about the racist fantasies. Liam Neeson was doing a novena before I interviewed him. <laughs> yeah, Liam Neeson was picked on the picked up on the Nixon White House tapes. <laughs> Uh, there's another weird thing is speaking of the Nixon White House or the White House in general, this is a movie that came out in 2018 and part of like the, the news radio shit you hear is like, yeah, this is that about Hillary Clinton's campaign. And you're yeah. like, wait, what, why, what the fuck are you talking about that for? Well, it's skipping around. I mean, it's supposed to be like, is it supposed, it's supposed oh, to be like, yeah, I think like a couple of years. It's I all think. the years. Is it years? I think it's supposed to be years. Or, or, yeah, it could be a couple okay. of years because it's like him and his son, and his son have they have this cute thing. Anyone notice who the son is, by the way? I'm looking at Eric right no, now. No, who's this no, uggo? Tell me. I didn't. And by the way, I want to ask familiar. you, Steve, now that we're not doing this at Andrews, did you print out a bunch of IMDb at home? Or? <laughs> no, that's why I'm a little off my game today. I can't. <laughs> I can't sit around on a train. I can't be a commuter. Oh, I think that commuter over there is part of a fat guy podcast. Is it up on the cork board like True Detective? What's that? Is it up on the cork board like True Detective? (laughs) Yes, there's little strings. No, this son is uh, Toman uh, uh, Baratheon. Is it Baratheon? It's been a while. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tormund Giants Bane? Yes. It depends on who you ask. You know, some people will tell you this lie that 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 is really Toman Lannister, right? Because Got of the, it. you know the the twins there. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he was, and he's also the uh, the fat guy in uh, 1917, which I didn't oh, realize yeah. at the time oh, until wow. just last I night. No I was like, oh, that's who that guy is. 
Uh, fat yeah. guy, by the way, man, throwing <laughs> stones. I, th- there's two guys in that Please. movie. One guy's skinny yeah. and one guy is not. You could say the plump soldier. I'll, I'll understand it. I mean, George McKee is very thin. Yes, and also I'm uh, I'm uh, Steven Sadak reading for the plump soldier. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you could have just said the one that looks like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> oh man, that's unfortunate. Uh, so yeah, that's his kid. His wife is played by uh, Elizabeth Gov- uh, McGovern. Uh, see, of course, previous episode, A Shock to the System. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah, she's the lady interest in that, and then uh, of course, um, she's on uh, Downton Abbey. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite parts in this thing. So one of the bits he has, like with his kid, is like we're reading books together because I'm a commuter on a train, so I read the book that you read in school. I have to do all your schoolwork because I'm in a Billy Madison esque situation. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to pass the third grade. Dude, Cor- the, more the like chlorophyll. The best is he's uh they're reading Lord of the Flies and he's like, What part are you at? And he goes, Oh, midway through chapter five, and he goes, Oh, the part where they almost kill that kid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was hooting and hollering. Also, as a sixty year old man, if it takes you more than forty one minutes to read the Lord of the Flies, you're illiterate. That, <laughs> that, that book is like forty nine pages in triple space. It's good to know that I have a little over twenty years to to read it that fast. Ah, uh, ah, uh, yes, I I love the part when they uh, meet the Lord of the Flies and he gives them the magic sword. Dad, Dad, stop it! Just fucking stop, okay? That sounds like a better book. <laughs> What are you oh, talking yeah. about, dude? They fucking drop a rock on that kid. It's awesome. Oh, the Count of Monte Cristo, a, a great sa- book about that sandwich. Dad, you're not doing this. Are you? Uh, no, I'm not. Really, turkey and cheese. <laughs> I came at cosplaying for naked lunch. Boy, was that a mistake. I came, I showed up as naked gun. And <laughs> oh, naked lunch. Uh, yes, straight. for Halloween, I'm going as naked gun. <laughs> Yes, I, I loved all the talking mice and uh, of mice and men. I thought they were <laughs> wonderful characters, fantasy world like that. That's right. Uh, I'm I'm reading. I'm playing Frank Drebin in Naked Gun second 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 and a third or whatever, where he reads <laughs> the sex book. Okay, so his purple-headed warrior. <laughs> I actually think that um, now that we're tossing this around. Um, now that he's in his older days and he's such a serious actor, he'd be a, if we ever wanted to reboot the uh, the Naked Gun series, he'd be not so bad. Oh sure, as Frank Drebin, yeah, kind of, sort of like you know mm, that's what Leslie Nielsen sort of was. He hmm. never had the race problem, but you know. <laughs> I mean, Frank Drebin as a character kind of plays everything straight, but he's and it seems aloof given the scenarios. Mm. So has Liam Neeson ever done a comedy like an intentional comedy? He's popped up in some. He's done bits. He's not a a big. He can't carry a comedy. He was funny in the Lego movie. There was the commuter. That's one of them. Sure. Um, (laughs) Nonstop unknown. (laughs) Who did he do in the Lego movie, Steve? He was the cop, and like it's he's like I I don't remember. It's been a, a trillion years. If he was the I think he's like sort of a bad guy in that movie, but it's like he's he's really serious and it's very funny the way he's so serious. Oh, gotcha. fuck! I, I can't believe I forgot it. Schindler's List. <laughs> oh, come oh, on! You know I man. thought it, Chris, but I knew better, man. Bad Cavan. You know we're in a midst of a global catastrophe here. <laughs> it's just all right. No, I'll I'll save the mood right now. Yeah, I'm the Lego cop. Yeah, you're blocking off in there, and I can hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're blocking off, indeed. <laughs> 
Uh, this movie also see. So I was complaining at the at the top, my little zinger at the top of the episode about the geography, which is dumb. But this yes. movie's one of its biggest sins. Also, is presupposing that New Yorkers fucking talk to complete strangers on their commutes like this. Whew, no, thank that you. is patently incorrect. Mm, yeah. like, I, I'm vaguely. I mean, I commute every day to work, or I had up to up to a point, and um, <laughs> I I'm vaguely aware of like, oh, it's that woman. Oh, it's that guy. You know what I mean? Like you know, you know, remember sure. faces. I rec- and sort recognize of, the faces, <laughs> the patterns. But I don't say a fucking word to these but people, listen, let alone no. I have a, a particularly unique set of skills that I could <laughs> explain. That there are there are such a thing, and I can say this with authority because in this movie, the commuter, the commute ends up being to Cold Spring, and I'm gonna out myself now that I live in Cold Spring. It's a small small town north of new york city and there are like track buddies like you hang out on the platform waiting for the train to new york and sometimes people strike up a conversation if you look like me not so much but i see plenty (laughs) people socializing uh me again not so much i've had like maybe two people get into any type of real conversation with me and i mean some people have said hi if you see someone from the town i get it but like generally like i don't have a commute buddy i don't have jonathan banks i'm hanging out with i can actually back this up because i i'm in connect and i take mta too and one thing i thought was ridiculous the first time i saw this movie was like the chummy uh ticket uh checker oh Oh, yeah yeah. that i now have a chummy uh, like straight Do out you? of Frank Capra movie, like yeah. guy, like. <laughs> oh, well, there, Mr. Mr. Cabin. <laughs> I think there's something in place, though, so you don't get too familiar with your your ticket taker. Where they after a while they will change their shifts. I remember yes. it was like three months with one guy and then three months with another guy. I, I don't think they want you too familiar because then maybe they'll let someone off the fare. Sure. Although the one, I totally buy that. The one time though that any of this was really made an exception, I saw a story in one of those like, you know, Metro AM or, you know, one of the local papery type things that you get when you're like going on the train. And there was a story about a Metro North train conductor who was retiring and the people in like one car that were like the regulars like threw them a retirement party and i was like you have got to be kidding me <laughs> all of these people are breaking the agreement i could see it happening dude i really can like, it's I- unbelievable i mean i took the train i've i've worked out of the city at the burns for 13 years i've often on owned cars to drive there but for a large portion of it i took the train and I didn't talk to a single fucking soul, man. I really did not. Well, I mean, you're Westchester. Me and me and Chris Cabin live in Capra country, basically. <laughs> yeah. Like, more of a small town. Westchester still kind of feels like the city. There's that abrasiveness to the people. God, I, and I need it. I will say this. I mean, like, seeing the same, like, seeing the same ticket taker every day, I get talking to that person. Because that's like... It's a service industry thing. Like, you don't be an asshole. Like, you know what I mean? That's fine. And have a, a back and forth with the guy. Yeah, politeness. But, like, yeah, I'm not talking. And I'm the last person, absolute last person I'm talking to is Jonathan Banks, an old guy who's just talking about how soon he is to death. Like, no, thanks, dude. I'm cool. Absolutely. <laughs> also, what does he do in going downtown every day? Like, I don't understand his thing of going from yeah, 42nd Street to 125th Street. I'm addicted to the prostitutes, Walter. <laughs> <laughs> Day in and day out, I just go and ha- meet with a sex worker. 
You know, back in the day, back in the day, you, you used to be able to just do it in Grand Central Station. You just get <laughs> up against the wall and you do it. But now you need a motel room. You need to fucking buy some champagne. Yeah, wasted Walt- money, Walter. <laughs> Walter, all you had to do was sit down at one of those shoe shine spots. Someone will give you a ball shine. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, confusingly enough, his name in this is Walt. Yes. So it's like a. Oh, yeah, that's Jonathan that. Banks' yeah. name? Yeah. Did not notice that at all. Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun hanging out with your Walt. Can you shut the fuck up, please? Exactly. I'm, try, I'm trying to read. It's taken me an hour to read the fucking the Lord of the Flies over here. I'm be, <laughs> getting made fun of on podcasts, and it's because you distracted me. So this is the second time I've seen this film, and the first time I did think his commute was to uh, 125th Street, which would make no sense, but... In this scene, he says that he's going to get out for a beer or go to a bar somewhere. It's See, that's one. I noticed that, too, and I love this because it's like, oh, man, Walter, I fucking went three stops on this train, <laughs> and now I got to get off and have a fucking beer already. Exactly. I mean, like, that's a problem, and you spent, like, 20 bucks. You know, those, those long uh, commutes are not cheap. You know, per ride. So you're spending 20 bucks. You're like, I can't make it, Walter. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Unless you have a like a monthly pass, which costs like three to four hundred dollars a month. And you can ride the train all all you want. You flash it. You can get on and off wherever into your zone. Yes. But uh, conceivably, he could have spent twenty dollars to go a few blocks in the city. If you bought uh, like a single ticket. But also, by right. the way, you can drink on those trains. It's fucking, it's Shangri-La on the Metro mm-hmm. North, you guys. It yeah. is kind of lawless with the with regard to alcohol. Absolutely. I'm also pissed off. Not one single joke about the quiet car in this movie, which leads me to believe the person who wrote it is yeah. not actually familiar with New York commuting. Not at all. <laughs> was that the one where the AC was out? <laughs> oh, was it the quiet car that was that broken, been, maybe? Yeah, oh, it could be. Uh, no, but it's just been a thing, you know, where like Liam Neeson like kills a guy and he's like, I said this was the quiet car, <laughs> yeah. which yeah, was my fucking quiet. fantasy. You know what? We're going to keep going, but my cat's about to jump into the cabinet. So that's got to have to stop. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. This well, is close a, the cabinet. <laughs> this is a working from home episode, everyone. You have to bear with us. Mm-hmm. So in a stroke of pure hilarity, Liam Neeson is uh, call- callously fired from his job of 10 years <laughs> as an insurance salesman. Yes. And he says he has two mortgages, by the way, which is like, why? What do you have, I, two I took a bath in 2008. No, I think he, a second mortgage on the house because uh. it just got fucked up. Gotcha. Yes, I believe that's what the deal is there. I thought and it was like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my, my cabin in the woods. That's where <laughs> I keep my merman. How, how else am I suppo- supposed to support my second family? <laughs> oh, man. <Exactly. laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to awesome commute turn. to my second family. I've got one <laughs> family in Tarrytown where I live and another in Cold Spring. Dude, all right, let's just get to that really quickly before we go any further. Every single person in this movie mispronounces the name of that town. The The accentuation is on the word cold, not the word spring. It's cold spring. Yeah. Everyone in this movie is cold spring. Hey, we're going to cold spring. We're going to cold spring. <laughs> Driving me fucking up the wall, man. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And I guarantee you there had to be at least one person, one person on the crew of this film that was had to be familiar with the area and had to you know should have taken it upon themselves to be like hey uh uh Juame, uh Mr. Coletzera sorry uh it's cold spring 
not cold spring. <laughs> All right, I'll take it again. Are you going to cold spring? <laughs> you know where Eric Siska has a meager apartment. <laughs> You know what? Just go back to the first thing you were saying. Go, go back to the first one. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's so weird. I'm, I see one fat guy with all these IMDb pages, but I'm going to another <laughs> fat guy's house. <laughs> Some type of fat conspiracy. <laughs> I do like that they, in in this one movie, for one, for some reason, they're like, you know what, dude, just be Irish. They, 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 they're like, because they yes. say it in the beginning, it's like, ever since I came over from Ireland, I'm like, fucking thank God. I think, you know what, dude, right there, it's like everybody can let their guard down. This movie can breathe a little bit. <laughs> exactly. His fucking weird voice makes sense, finally. I'm John Thompson, and I was born <laughs> in the middle of Kentucky. <laughs> Like, it's so dumb. And that yeah. movie, what the fuck was that movie we did years ago with him and Swayze, Next of Kin? Yes. Yes, I'm a, I'm just from this holler. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they fucking self-isolate there. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm from the south side of Chicago. <laughs> uh, so he gets fucking fired, and he's given some severance, and this is a whole thing where, like, his kids go to college. They got two mortgages on the house. They're living hand to mouth kind of a thing. He goes to a bar uh, and meets with Patrick Wilson playing Alex Murphy. Hilarious. I got so excited. I got uh, so excited. You want to Secret about- Robocop movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to become Robocop. Yeah, I mean, like, if you are, are like doing a script like this, you somebody on some team needs to be like, this is the name of, we can't, It's he's Robocop. That's it's got to be that same guy that knew how to pronounce Cold Spring. <laughs> exactly. Also, point. Fucking Patrick Wilson would be a great RoboCop. That yeah. is a great call, Chris Cabin. Fuck. He's got, he's got a good lower third of his face, actually. Yep. That's what you want. Perfect. Yes, Ooh. he needs the jaw. You're totally right. And actually, that mouth, too. Not too shabby. <laughs> not too bad. You know what? I would also... <laughs> I would take Liam Neeson as a Clarence Boddicker. Oh, yeah, oh, man. fuck. Bitches, leave. <laughs> Him as a bad guy. I would really, I really want to see that. You think you could fly, Bobby? Well, he's hey, Kevin, you want to see uh, Liam Neeson as a bad guy, man? Let me point you back to that press junket he was doing. <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> what a villain. <laughs> no, sorry, what were you saying? No, he's a bad guy in Widows, right? Yeah, but he doesn't, like, ham it up. I want, no, like, yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I want I want him twirling a non-existent mustache. Also oh. in this scene, uh, Sam Neill, who says, Liam, freeze! <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Sam Neill as the, he's like a police captain who they both kind of hate. I wrote in my notes, Sam Neill as Captain Scumbag. Well, he's Captain Red Herring because like. Yes. Because when you see Patrick Wilson immediately, if you're me, I'm like, oh, so he's a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so he's a bad guy. He's like, oh, my old friend, Patrick Wilson. It's like, well, he's the bad guy. He's going to betray you. And then I guess the idea is they bring in Sam Neill to sort of take some uh, heat off of Patrick Wilson there narratively. Yeah, they definitely do because, like, he comes over, they're all at the bar, and he's like, oh, Patrick Wilson, I need to talk to you about something, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, Patrick Wilson talks shit about him, says, like, oh, yeah, they already made him a captain, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, he's trying to throw some heat that way, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it all depends on whether you're a Possession fan or an Aquaman fan. (laughs) (laughs) Is, uh, is, uh, oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. I forgot about him in Aquaman. Yeah. Patrick Wilson? Yeah, dude. He's he's like James Wan's muse. And also, he's in... Uh, a yeah, he's Vera like 
he's riding a seahorsey in that, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Vera Farmiga's in this movie. Uh and they're like Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are like the the Spencer and uh Hepburn the Tracy and Hepburn of mid-tier thrillers. Absolutely true. And it's kind of crazy because they don't share a scene in this movie they're like fake talking over the phone to one another mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's weird because i see her in a movie and i've previously seen him in this movie already so when she comes in i'm like is this a paranormal thriller <laughs> <laughs> i wish it was dude oh and as a matter of fact yes you're trying to hunt down this witness to a crime but also this train is haunted yep absolutely <laughs> haunted train better movie by a million percent definitely <laughs> The witness is a ghost. Oh fuck! <laughs> the witness, yeah, the witness threw themselves in front of a train, right? Yeah. And now no, out a go- window. Yeah, but in my news. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. Yes, and then now, now their ghost is stuck in the train, and now Liam Neeson has to communicate with the ghost. Oh, totally. It happened twenty years ago tonight. Yeah, at midnight <laughs> on a night just like tonight. Okay, Walt, get out that Ouija board. We're going to communicate. You got it, Walter. (laughs) Wouldn't be the first dead girl I tried talking to. (laughs) By the way, I'm addicted to sex workers. (laughs) (laughs) So they get to the artificial uh, 86th Street and Lexington station for the Metro North line. Not only that, there's 68th Street, which, by the way, they shot at Hunter's Point, Queens, which yeah. is a, a connection, I believe, for... I, it might be the subway station they're, they're using as a green screen background, or it might be... I think there's a Long Island Railroad hub out there. There definitely is, yeah. And then they stop at 86th Street, and then they stop at 110th Street, and it's like, these are like local subway routes. Yeah. It defeats the entire purpose of a commuter train, and... It just it, it drove me up the fucking wall. It's very local. I understand that. Yeah, yep. yep. Yeah. I, I love taking the commuter train, Walter. It takes me three and a half hours to get to White Plains. <laughs> <laughs> For so out of state sense. listeners, that's a thirty minute uh, train ride. Uh, so, but at this eighty sixth Street station, you know, uh, he makes contact finally with uh, Vera Farmiga. Uh, who's kind of been eyeing him. Like, Jonathan Banks is like, oh, hey, Walter, you get a look at that sexy broad that's watching you or what? She's looking at you like a sex worker would. Trust me, I know. (laughs) Think you got a pro on the train, Walter. Should probably give you a discount there, man. Uh, And her character's name is Joanna. She introduces herself uh, as some sort of uh, social scientist or something. Yeah. Like, he gets a seat and she sits across from him. And he's being a real pig on this train. He's got his big fucking bag. He's got a four-seater. He's got his bag on the other side of the aisle. No way, dude. And these motherfuckers exist in train commuting, man. They should be expelled from trains. Uh, Yeah, so she's like, hey... (laughs) what kind of a person are you? And like lays out this whole thing uh, that at first is like a hypothetical. And then you realize it's the plot of the movie. Well, she's like, Oh, well, (laughs) psychology tells us there are this many uh, personality types. Like, Ooh, you gotta, you gotta cite a source here. You just can't say psychology. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. She says, yeah, it's like 16 personality types as accepted by psychology. (laughs) And I'm like, all right, movie, I guess I have to take your word for it. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, it was just weird because I would expect her to hand me a note card with a smiley sticker on it telling me that if I want to give to her, I can give her, uh, take this sticker and give her a dollar. <laughs> right. 
so to you're Happy Dude. <laughs> so you're telling me there's only 16 types of skulls in phrenology, and I have to feel everyone going to Cold Spring. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the basic layout is like, hey, there's 25K in the toilet. Uh <laughs> You can go grab that, and then you got to identify someone on this train who goes by Prin, uh, and you have to like identify them and give them something, and they're on the train until cold spring. <laughs> right, and mm-hmm. it turns out to be like a, you put a tracker on them or whatever. Oh, right, then, put a tracker in their bag. Yes, because yeah. then the conspiracy is like someone's going to show up to kill them to right. stop them from uh, testifying about a murder. Well, yes, the, the weird of thing a about, city planner. By the, way. the thing about this, she starts it off as a hypothetical, like, what would you do to somebody you didn't know for a bunch of money? Which is like s- sort of, a, I guess you could call that like something that like is somewhat relatable. But like every second she keeps talking, it becomes less relatable and less of a hypothetical. And it's like, well, what the fuck? This is stupid. It also becomes closer and closer to the plot of that Richard Matheson story, The Box. Yes. Right. That's all I thought about. <laughs> like, the whole time. I was like, this is just The Box. This is for stupid. Where's Frank Langella with that fucked up face? Yes, please. <laughs> is movie. that a good movie? It's, it's a better a movie than movie. this one. I liked it also, Kevin. You used the word great, though? Is that what I, I just said? Yes, you did hear that correct. <laughs> I, I, okay. remember, I remember really liking it. I, I don't know why that, that put... Mo- I mean, I think it was just three strikes in, in, or two strikes for... Uh, box office receipts why richard kelly's in movie jail but it's funny that poor bastard though because it's i mean because one donnie darko there were no box office receipts but it was a thing where it was like hey man you didn't come up with two more instant cult classics you're in movie jail yes you know what i mean that guy really got the shaft yeah it's true i wonder if he's a famous (laughs) a-hole that's possible yeah i don't know um so anyway yeah so that's like the whole idea and he goes in the bathroom he finds the money uh and basically well one before we get into more of this there is does everybody recall the terrible cgi shot of like here's all the people on the train that he has to look for right and it's just going back through all the cars that was pretty dumb it's like a fake david fincher shot kind of yes definitely uh, but so there's a girl that gets on at 110th street and she's like, it's like a little like teenage girl. And she's like, Hey, so Liam Neeson, did you make your decision yet? Are you in or are you out? And he's like, Oh, you know, you've made your decision or whatever. And she gives him an envelope and jumps back off the train. And the envelope is his wife's wedding ring is inside. Dun, dun, dun. Well, this is after he starts fishing around in the in the in the uh, Metro North bathroom. <laughs> dude, he's on his hands and knees. It's disgusting. Yeah. Oh, uh, also though, I should, again, I want to yeah. point out. I know it's a movie, everybody, but that bathroom is way cleaner than any IRL public transportation <laughs> bathroom yeah. in this town. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to jump right in and say that is not authentic. <laughs> yeah. I, any, I mean, if you did this in an actual MTA fucking bathroom, it would be like you chose the wrong cup. <laughs> yeah. I think an MTA bathroom was actually how the coronavirus got started. <laughs> it would. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, to contextualize it for people, like it's a moving train, and I have seen toilets on these trains so full that it's a sloshing with piss and shit and starting to, like, <laughs> spill over, and you're going to be digging for money on your hands and knees? It sounds like a great game show. <laughs> This might be in Japan already. You could get out of there looking like Bruce Campbell at the end of Evil Dead 2. You'd just be like full of like black tar. 
laughing maniacally. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure people who have commuter rails in their towns deal with similar bathroom situations, but I just feel like New Yorks are particularly terrible. Um, yeah, so and, and he, he uh, grand, he's like, oh, that's a lot of dough. <laughs> and it's yes. 25 now, but you'll get 75 if you do the job. So it's 100 grand. So it's a real amount oh, of money. Oh, right. Right, 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 right. Um, so he he kind of has an encounter here with one of several shitty stock characters that they use in this movie. And it's a weird thing where, like, when he's getting on the train initially and he's walking around, like, the camera stops off at characters to let you know that they will be characters later yes. in the movie. The most obnoxious of which is Tony. <laughs> Like, just this, like, short little business guy or whatever, and, like, Liam Neeson's calling him Tony, so they're on, like, a first-name fucking basis. Get out of town! Well, he goes, hey, Tony. After he gets, they take his wife's, uh, he finds his wife running, wife's wedding ring, he's like, hey, Tony, I uh, lost my phone. Can I use yours? And the answer is, nah, dude. Also, this is a great <laughs> excuse, great reason why you never talk to anybody on the fucking train. I'm not your buddy. No yeah. way, dude. No. I am not helping you out. There I might would... be a chance that this dude also lives in Terrytown or something. Yeah. No. Like, oh, oh, Sam, my neighbor in the apartment complex. I know him very well. He lets his azaleas grow a little too willy-nilly, if you ask me. If it was me, it's like, oh, you know what? I know Sam takes the 615, even though it kind of makes me late for work. I take the 630 because <laughs> I don't want to be that close to Sam all the time. Well, that's Tony, but Sam, funny enough, Steve, is the conductor that he's buddies with. Oh, right, right, right. And right, this, right. Is the, this is the guy who's like, something, something, 32 years on the job, la-di-da-di-da. And you're yeah. like, you'll probably be dead by the end of this movie. Oh, for this, sure. This actor is in uh, Batman Begins and has a hilarious death in The Dark Knight. Um, he's the commissioner, Loeb. Um, oh! Because he's, oh. he's, he's got this, like, gruff voice. So he's, he's got a great gruff voice. Excellent gruff voice. Yeah, he gets poisoned. Oh, yeah. One, one thing about the rings, I was like, I, I'm like, it maybe it just shows that maybe I'm a shitty husband. Uh, <laughs> if I was maybe <laughs> my wife's ring, I'd be like, is, am I supposed to put this on? <laughs> like what, it, what it's gonna unlock something if I, you put it on no like it's just a wedding band i wouldn't be like oh i wouldn't just immediately so, be like oh that's my wife's wedding band so yeah Chris, you just you just throw it out you wouldn't recognize your <laughs> wife's band yeah I, I would be like oh am i supposed to put this i really would be is this like a gps am i supposed to put this on <laughs> wow you know, this, i don't, this, know, this, I don't this, know why i need a second gps this is why no one selects you to be in their murder conspiracies <laughs> <laughs> All right, he didn't get it. What what, what do we do? Um, I don't know. Do we have any of our hair? No. All right, Mr. Cabin, when I stomp on your feet and say... <laughs> uh, oh, so he... I love... So this is Mike the Cleaner's final bow here in one of the greatest moments of this movie. So Liam Neeson sits down next to him, and they're kind of like shooting the shit for a little bit, and... Liam Neeson thinks he's, like, slyly writing out on a newspaper, like, call the police, they have my family, this, that, and the other thing. And he's like, all right, I have to do some more train inspection now. Have a good day. Oh, my God. But look how much has transpired, right? Like, so much of this movie's plot has occurred before we even get to Harlem, which is <laughs> 10, 12, 13 minutes from Grand Central Terminal. Yes. Yeah, it's under 15, that's for certain. <laughs> and Exactly. It would take again. It would take you fucking two hours to get to Cold Spring mm -hmm. <laughs> instead uh, of instead of the usual eighty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
he does, uh, you know, like uh, he passes him the newspaper and he walks away. And then Jonathan Banks gets off the train and Joanna calls back. If you're a Farmiga calls back and she's like, hey, man, FYI, we have eyes on you. You just got your fucking friend killed. And he's like, whatever do you mean? And, you know, she tells him which way to look out the train. And it's Jonathan Banks, like, just waiting to cross the street and someone pushes him in front of a bus. Man, this was so funny. It is fucking hilarious. It really is funny. I burst out fucking laughing. We saw this, Eric, no, no, Eric wasn't there. I believe it was Andrew, Chris, and I, right? I didn't see this in theater. I think maybe it was just the two of us, dude. It was the two of us, and we were pretty drunk. And I remember laughing out loud in the theater. and like, Oh, yeah. Getting, <laughs> kind of getting a look, because everyone's like, oh, no, that's the sweet old man. Like, come on, it's funny. His head popped open. Absolutely, dude. I do think we got some, like, are they being serious right now? A man just lost his life. <laughs> I just love that he's like muttering to himself while while it's about to happen. He's like, "Oh, now they make you buy condoms before you see them." <laughs> and then you used to be able to go free willy nilly, but <laughs> yeah, Walter. The last girl told her I gave her something. <laughs> I'm getting uh, blacklisted, Walter, because of the clap. <laughs> you impregnate six prostitutes. All of a sudden, you're the bad guy. Yeah, I told. <laughs> Walter, I told her that uh, that uh, giving her the clap was like an applause. (laughs) (laughs) You know, getting uh, getting stink eyes at the movies for laughing at inappropriate times reminds me of a cabin. Were you there when we did the big staff screening of snakes on a plane? And by staff screening, I mean, a bunch of people that worked at the multiplex went to a public screening of the film. And like everybody was fucking laughing at this movie. And. One of the managers came in at one point and like chastised our entire row. And she's like, uh, someone came out and we received a complaint that you're laughing during this movie, a movie in where people are losing their lives. Uh, and that's not something to laugh about. And we were like, who the fuck narked on us? That's <laughs> fucking snakes on a plane. I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah, it's that's what I thought. It's no, it's a serious film. It's a serious film to be taken seriously. I'm just picturing some like Hans Moleman motherfucker. Like, why are they laughing at the movie? That man was bitten by a snake. Yeah. I came here to be frightened of snakes. <laughs> it's not fun. I want to be frightened of the snakes. These millennials, they forget what it was like back in the day when there were actual snakes on planes. And they would just attack you in the middle of a flight. You could smoke on planes. You could snake on planes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don, Don, Don Draper selling snake repellent for tra- for planes in the 1960s. You're there. You're alone. You're in your zone. You're closing your eyes. The last thing you want to think about when you're on your cross country flight to do your business is whether or not you may be bitten by a snake while you're <laughs> meditating. Don't you want to feel safe on a plane? Safe from snakes. <laughs> I would love it, man. I you know I kind of I'm almost like itch. Well, I haven't wa- rewatched Mad Men. Steve, you're rewatching Mad. Yeah, Men. that's why it came up. Yeah, we, we, we're, I saw we're I saw it. your your tweets on that, and I'm, I was kind of getting jealous. I'm like, I want more seasons of that. Show. It's kind of a relax. It's like both tense and relaxing, and especially uh, in the the where we are right now. It's like, oh, the '60s are fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh, man. <laughs> oh, Back when the uh, the you know the biggest threat against us was uh, I don't know I guess Cuba and what smoking. <laughs> 
in the office. Yeah, and uh, you know Kennedy's gonna get it eventually. But you know what's going to happen <laughs> yeah, right now. Exactly. People listening to this have no idea what's going to happen. Although you, you know more than us because this is a, like a week out or so. That's true. Um, so, yeah, a dude, uh, oh, Vera Farmiga, like kind of makes more veiled threats again, or I guess not veiled threats, whatever. Um, she's like, you have to do it she's now. She's calling him on the phone now, right? On Tony's phone. And again, I'm phone. like, dude, my fucking minutes. <laughs> Are we still worried about phone minutes in 2018? No, but I mean, Tony might. Who knows what plan he's got? That's true. That phone looked kind of shitty. Uh, honey, sorry. That fucking Irish guy used my phone up. I can't call you. Oh, yeah. Your best friend, Irish Mike, that you talk about from your commute all the time? <laughs> yeah, he's tall. He's good looking. He's kind of creepy, but they used my phone. I was too afraid to ask for it back. I thought he was going to beat me up, honey. Oh, we have this uh, little thing. He's Irish Mike. I'm Italian Tony. We're going back and forth. <laughs> Go back it's you know, it's something from the train gang. That's what we call ourselves. You know, it's kind of like chain gang, but train. Oh, and I also, don't know. We think it's funny. Yeah, because oh, work is like prison. <laughs> and old Walter got murdered today. <laughs> <laughs> Who else sees Walter get it? I'm curious because I feel like that would make everyone a little uneasy on the on the train. Well, Tony has something right after it happens where he's like, "Hey, did you see what happened?" But I don't think he actually did. Like people. Down on 125th Street, see it. Yes. Oh, yeah, I guess you. Yeah, I guess you make sense. Because it's like in a crowd of people, and you just see this dude shove him. Um. So one of the conductors, he's asking this conductor, like, "So hey there, I'm looking for a friend who's getting off at Cold Spring." <laughs> uh, and the dude's like, "Go fuck yourself, man. We don't keep track of you know who's getting off at what stop." But he tells them about when he takes the tickets and puts the little like "you paid" piece of paper down. He has to, you know, do a little stamp on which zone they're supposed to get off at so they know if they've ridden past their stop. What I love about this, too, is, like, I I knew that of riding the train for, like, a year, and he's been riding it for, like, 10 years. <laughs> yeah, he I don't get it. You, you figure that out pretty quickly. Yeah, you ride it twice. You're like, oh, they gave, I'm, I'm in a three because I'm going this far. And, oh, now I'm a five because I'm going even farther. It's like, I fucking figured it out. Exactly. exactly. Also, by the way, the end of the line on this particular train is Cold Spring, which also makes zero sense because Cold Spring's like a super local stop. No, they're in um they're in Beacon at the end of the movie. Well, no, well, that's only because they blow past it. Yes. Oh, oh, it is supposed to be the end of the line. The no. conductor says that it is that it, the train is terminating at Cold Spring, and that's oh. the end of the line. I don't understand <laughs> it. That is pretty it, stupid. I might as well stop at Spite and Dival. <laughs> yeah, there is a mention like in in Grand Central. There is an announcement of a Hudson train to to Poughkeepsie, and I'm like, that's more like it. Yeah, yeah, that's the end of the line. <laughs> um, so he starts, yeah, he, he starts amassing a list of who is going to get off at this thing. At, Correct at, in that zone, and this is when we meet kind of our cast of rogues, which is one is this Wall Street guy who's like a total fucking flim flam straw man that I can't even deal with. Yeah, this guy, this character is fucking obnoxious. And it, what's worse is that this actor looks like a 30-year-old Ralph Macchio. Yes. Yeah. So that was kind of throwing me. Right. Uh, so he tries to, like, interrogate him for a little bit. And the guy is basically, like, he's Liam Neeson is pretending that he's, like, looking to invest money or whatever. And the guy's like, I work for the biggest hedge fund in the world. I don't deal with people like you and blah, blah, blah. And this is, I remember this specifically, Steve. Let's see if you do. Yeah. A very vivid memory. So he leaves this guy, and then he comes back, and he goes, 
oh, by the way, Mr. Uh, Goldman Sachs, yeah. on behalf of the American middle class, fuck you. And he gives him the finger. <laughs> Steve, do you recall, as I do, definite applause in the theater? It was embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Yes. I love it. By the way, great local joke. The Goldman Sachs asshole guy gets off at Garrison. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if the people who also ride that train know. People people like me know. Uh-huh. But I mean, look, financial crisis stuff <laughs> makes is... total sense. It makes total sense. I uh-huh. love it. It's a nice, realistic touch. Financial crisis stuff is fine, but it's like, it's... I, I, I don't understand, like... The whole like let's make Liam Neeson one of us kind of a thing. He's not one of us. He's a fucking six and a half foot fucking Irish god. I don't. He's but never going to be me. And also, sounds... I mean, I'm sorry, but like this movie takes place in 2018, and like, yes, fuck those people till they're nothing but dust. But like, that shit was ten years before the release of this <laughs> movie. Like when the story is set, like. Nobody's still telling those people to go fuck themselves they like that. Should be maybe. Right? Well, that's uh, maybe maybe this movie wants us to learn a little it's, something. I've it, been in a coma. It's <laughs> fine to fucking do it. That's that's fine. But like, you stop the movie dead, yes. unfurl an American flag, throw confetti, <laughs> and say "fuck you, Goldman Sachs." It's well, fucking stupid. It's it, like the Spider-Man moment of the movie. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh hey! Oh shit! Spider Man! Hey, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually, wait a minute. Lift up that mask real quick. Okay, yeah, he's one of us. All right, <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> wait a second, Spider Man. I saw what happened. Stock Industries. Okay, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you are those magic fucking glasses. On behalf oh, of man. the people who lost their lives in the incident. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. How the fuck does Peter Parker not have those glasses destroyed at the end of that movie? That movie's trash. I'm sorry. Wait, uh, wait are you talking about Far From Home? Yes. Yeah. I oh, have yeah. not seen it yet. I'm, he gets I, glasses I that, ba- it. like, it's these, like, Tony Stark invention of he can basically, like, hack into whatever with these glasses and it violate anyone's fucking privacy whatsoever. Yes. And call in drone stri- strikes, which he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like like the end of the movie should have been him being like, these are dangerous and destroying them. But if I'm remembering that movie correctly, and I was drunk because I was at an Alamo Draft House back when you could go see movies in theaters. It was a different time. Um, like, like the movie just ends without him destroying those, No, he gives right? them back to, he's like, oh, you know what? I feel so bad, Mr. St- oh, Mr. Stark. He's... Here's uh, Mr. Fury. You're you're part of the fucking American, uh, 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 the American industrial complex. Why don't you have them? Oh, that's the fucking worst yeah, idea. You, you gave them fucking shield. I don't trust. You know, you guys fucking just kill people willy nilly anyways. Why, why don't you take them? Eep. I'll, I'll just give it to the to to the actual deep state. Yeah, that's a good idea. Good idea. <laughs> deep actual deep state. Good. Yeah, take them. <laughs> Uh, if only that was a real thing, folks. <laughs> if only. Uh, Catch yeah. him in bed with the Spider-Man. We should say, actually, the the, the Wall Street guy. Um, webs in that there is a, uh, what do you call it there? A, um, uh, a younger girl who's like a high school girl who he like uh, is sitting next to and he offends her because he's like being loud on his phone. She's trying to read. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You know what offends me is your cheap fucking perfume because I'm from fucking Wall Street over here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's fucking ridiculous, dude. She's like, do you mind? And he goes, yeah, I mind your fucking 99 cent perfume. Oh, <laughs> bear market. 
Oh, man. Now we're watching the big short. Yay. And so she gets up, and that's like sort of an important thing for the end of the stupid movie. Correct. Uh, we also then meet uh, a pre-fame Florence Pugh. Uh, who has some dude with his fucking paws all over her and she's not having it. And this fucking lady, another like friend on the train of Liam Neeson's is like, Millennials, huh? <laughs> I, yeah, Fuck yeah. you. I, again, like I understand this movie is for older people. I, I very much get it. Like We don't need to have the Golden Sacks thing and like, hey, the hey. Millennials bit. Hey, millennials, on behalf of our boomers, fuck you. <laughs> but that's what I don't get about part of this, though. I mean, aren't boomers, like, fine with all that Goldman Sachs stuff? There's no fucking complaining no, they, they got they got greased pretty hard. Uh, oh, I guess, like, their retirements and yeah, whatnot. Oh, yeah, totally, man. But yet they keep, like, voting for the people who continue to fuck them, though. Well, when you get misinformation, you're going to do some bad ideas. Yeah. Sure, I guess so. Yeah, so, uh, so Florence Pugh's whole crime is that her boyfriend... Uh, like Liam Neeson fucking follows this girl on the train. He's like, "Give me your bag!" Oh no, give me that bag! And all these fake IDs fall out. Well, because she he goes, he's like going up to everyone like a cop. He's like, "Can I look on your bag?" And she's like, "Absolutely not." And he's like, "But why not?" And the thing is, he used to be a cop. Yeah. So yeah, this, we should yeah, say that. Like, and then he went to this insurance salesman job. I mean, I mean, he should have known this was a dumb move, but I guess he wanted to make more money? Question mark. But no, like, I think they say something. Of, well, I guess maybe it is a money thing because Patrick Wilson's like, you gave it all up for the family. Yeah, so that's why I think it's, or maybe the threat of not being murdered. <laughs> yeah, that's also possible. possible. Probably a little bit of that as someone who grew up wondering if his father was going to come home from work every night. Right, uh, I yeah. can understand that. So, but um, like, what I'm yeah. trying to get at is like, just impersonate a police officer, dude. Just say you're a detective. <laughs> yeah, with the exactly. You've been there before. You can have that cadence or whatever because you've actually worked that job. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't be like, oh, excuse, ah, uh, pardon me, ah, uh, excuse me, would you mind, ah, uh, oh, please, pardon me. <laughs> he guilts he guilts this poor conductor guy into searching random people's bags, and he doesn't want to do it, but then he does it, and everyone's freaking out and yelling at him, and he's like, oh, it's a random security check, ma'am. Which I also don't think conductors can do either. I think the no. cops yeah. need to, the, the conductor can't search your bag. Like you know I what I mean? Like so. it, I've never seen that happen. No. Because this woman, there's this other woman who's a, a nurse, and he's like, can, uh, excuse me, miss, uh, there's been a complaint, can I search your bag? He's like, absolutely not, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been uh, deputized. No, you haven't. <laughs> uh, sorry, oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a conductor of panty inspection. Like, no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, rounding up a posse, and I'm part of it. I'm deputized now. It's a, um, it's a pussy posse. Um, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio gave me a badge. Uh, oh, this is oh fucking ridiculous though. Here in this moment, when he's trying to like wrestle away for Florence Pugh's bag or look in her bag or whatever, she fucking pepper sprays him. Yes, he recovers immediately from being pepper sprayed. No way. I've built he up an immunity. <laughs> it's happened to me once or thrice. Every night when I go home, I pepper spray myself in the face. <laughs> Build up a tolerance. The only way I could feel anything. And this is when he fucking pulls a see something, say something with his conductor. And he's like, I don't know, Sam. I'm just saying the poster's telling me if I see something, say something. So I'm saying something. Tip from New Yorkers. Say nothing. Yep. Yeah, totally. Absolutely nothing. Say nothing and keep to your fucking self. Just walk away. 
The one time I ever did that, uh, it was a New Year's Eve. I was walking through Time Fucking Square, uh, like, and this is like probably like two thousand and like call it two thousand seven, maybe. So not not that far off from nine eleven, but you know certainly close. Sure, but let's just pause one second, Steve Sadek. As a native New Yorker, especially, and a grown adult at this point in the story you're telling. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you doing in Times Square on New Year's Eve? I was under. I was taking the train on un, un, underground. I wasn't oh, actually in oof, it. You know, it was like. It was, it was okay. like. It was like. So probably, you were you were in on the train or you were in the the station in the station like it, transferring trains. Yeah, and there's a huge like plaza yes. underground plaza practically to get from one train to another. Gotcha. I'm transfer transferring. It's pretty early in the night. It's probably five or six o'clock. Uh, and I just, I'm walking past this long, long hallway and there's a bag in the middle of it. And I'm like, well, that's not okay. And at the, when I get to the end of the long hallway, I go up to the, to, to a cop and I'm like, Hey man, I just want to let you know, there's a, there's a bag in the middle of the hallway there, you know? <laughs> you know, and he looks at me like I'm a, a McDonald's customer that said my burger was too cold. He's like, yeah, I'll get to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, man. Uh-huh, uh-huh, sure, pal. Hey, buddy, you know what, buddy? Thank you, but mind your fucking business, okay? (laughs) Mind your fucking business, okay? Nobody likes a rat, sir. What? Nothing. Just uh, have a good night. Happy New Year. (laughs) I am here to serve you. Definitely, sir. Thank you. Uh, uh, You Italian? Uh, Yes, sir. Not enough. Get the fuck out of (laughs) here. Excuse me, officer. A plane's about to hit that tower. You ain't seen nothing. You didn't see nothing. Get out of here. Uh oh, this is around where he gets in a fight with this dude who he thinks is this Prin character. And he's like, Prin? And the guy goes, What did you say? And they just get this huge fight. I mean, there's the payoff is terrible on what on the Prin thing anyway. But yeah. Prin is such a dumb thing to say throughout this entire movie. It sounds alien-like, and it's just just it it doesn't roll off the tongue in a cool way. Well, it's just it's awkward. A, it's still I have too. a theory on that because you said alien-like, and spoiler alert: at the end of the movie, the one girl that ends up being Prin kind of just like blankly stares and can't communicate. So maybe she is an alien. Oh, that's something. He's an alien. This is uh, in the Cocoon universe. <laughs> it is. The cocoon if she was universe. a ghost or an alien, better movie either way. Absolutely. Um, and the, that- after this fight, it's kind of great because they're like. Hey Liam Neeson, uh, this is a commuter train. Why are you sweating and bleeding? <laughs> well, I, I, there's there are so many times when like I mean like I know different cars you can't hear stuff, but like you would like he's throwing this guy around into stuff. You know what I mean? Like he's bleeding. Yeah. It's like they're yeah. fighting. They're fighting in between the cars too. Eventually in this movie, people start shooting guns throughout this train, and a car a car like up. Everyone's just sitting there like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't hear a thing. <laughs> Um, and this is <laughs> the greatest line. He's like, scumbag tried to steal me wallet. <laughs> that wasn't a wallet inspector. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he like, he fights this guy. And then like later he goes to look for this guy and he's dead. He's oh, under, yeah. he's <laughs> under the train thing and his phone is ringing. And it's, uh, it's a uh, Vera for my guy again being like, you, you caused his death because you, you identified the wrong man because he thinks it's him. He, his whole thing is he's supposed to put a GPS on the bag of right. the person he thinks it is. And in this scuffle, he puts a GPS on this dude's bag. He's like, well, that settles that. And then this guy winds up dead and Vera Farmiga is like, well, you did the wrong thing. And I'm like, Vera Farmiga, this is a bad plan. Like, you know, yes. clearly, I don't know the whole thing is you're supposed to blame this. You're the villain anyway. But like, 
this is not a great plan. And also, you don't need two people. You have an assassin. Figure it the fuck out. Well, yeah, speak- just get the assassin to do all the investigative work as well. That's the thing. It's the assassin. There is an assassin on the train. And this is the first. He was paid for one kill. Mm. There has to be some, like, she, she must be contacting to be like, oh, look, we, I, know, I know we fucked up the first one. No, but there has to be a <laughs> second one. This is not the right guy. And he's got to like ben- he's got to benefit from that. He's got to get like two hundred thousand dollars. It would have been cool if they saw if like you knew in the movie who this assassin was early on, and then like you're seeing his conversations with her also. Yeah, that'd be something. And I mean, like also the other thing too is like the the guy who kills Jonathan Banks like was just I don't think he follows him off the train. I think he was waiting there. So I'm thinking like, does she have an army of other assassins at every stop yes. in case yes. she needs to yes. prove a point? I think this is part of the John Wickiverse. Yes, got it, got it. Everyone's a hitman. Fuck. Well, it could be a thing where she's like, you know, Liam Neeson could, you know, try to get off the train at any moment. Maybe we need to have somebody like, you know, on there, kind uh, yeah, of a thing. yeah, like at the stations, just to monitor stuff. I mean, so that, if now we're, we're supposed about to fifty guys now, this is an expensive operation. Well, absolutely, but I mean, at the end of the day, dude. Spoiler alert: We're trying to cover up for dirty cops, and when you're trying to cover up for dirty cops, that money is fucking endless. You know what? Let's get to a little bit to the end here, not the end end, but just like the idea is, this is to cover up the murder of a city planner. So okay, this, yeah, <laughs> all this, right. <laughs> The city planner who had, like, info on something, something, money going missing. It is so insanely vague. Like, at the end of the movie, there's, like, some newsreel clips all put together to make no coherent sense. But it's like, oh, there's collusion and there's corruption. And it's like, I guess there was money in local politics that was being misappropriated. Yeah. So then this cop, spoiler alert, Patrick Wilson, dropped this kid... 35 stories out of a window and they're trying to make it look like a suicide however there is a witness who saw that it was a murder and that is this prin character and they're trying veer for Mike's people need this assassin to kill prin so that the only witness to the crime is snuffed out and they have to kill her before she gets to kill the witness before they get to cold spring because at cold spring and this is one of those things you can't do in this movie if you're doing the train movie where it's like who's on what train and what's going to happen and blah, 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 blah. You cannot just cut to two random FBI agents at Cold Spring being like, huh, can't wait for the witness to get here. It <laughs> is you, you got it. <laughs> Dude, the, uh, they have two scenes. One is that, and then the other is like, oh, hey, I'm Agent Garcia. Let's talk. One of these dudes, by the way, I just want to point out, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think either of these FBI agents have names in this movie sure. per se. I think it's like FBI one or actually one of no, them does have one of them is Agent Garcia, Garcia. Yeah. and it's Agent Garcia is who I'm thinking of is the actor Kingsley Benadier. Uh, he is uh, the guy who plays Mac on that new um, High Fidelity show on Hulu. Okay, fucking solid. Recommend people uh, love that that show. show. We just started it the other night. Zoe Kravitz is fucking awesome in it. Solid, solid supporting cast. Total surprise. Big recommend. Mm. Uh, just in this time of quarantine, yes, my we, friends, we need if you're those looking things. for something to watch, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's the whole thing. So these dudes are just, like, standing there waiting for this train to come in. And also, the other thing is, you know when this train is supposed to get in, 
just show up around that time. Or like, can someone get a fucking cab to, or or a fucking police escort to drive this witness up? It's like, oh, well, look, all right, we want to make sure because the idea at the end is like, well, listen, it's too hot to be in the city right now. You got to get to Cold Spring. Like, why don't you get get this, get a fuck get this agent in a car, pick her up at Grand Central, and let's drive to Cold Ooh, Spring together. Budget cuts, we can't afford gas. <laughs> uh, so when you get on the train, just I don't know, make up a fuck. How about print? That no one else is print. If someone asks you your name, say they say print. Well, similarly with um, the fucking uh, Goldman Sachs guy, because I believe the conversation you wind up realizing that he's having is something with his mother. And he has some line with like, you got me out here in the middle of nowhere and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, rich dude, car service, man. If you're so pissed off about like slumming it. That's not how you save. You're going to save true. some money and you got oh, to use public transit. Good, good point by Chris. That's why he's a rich man. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Just he's a, he's a hard worker, too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, he, he pulled himself spend, up by his bootstraps. He doesn't spend $8 on coffee, Andrew. Oh, okay. that's what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, that's it. That's the thing. <laughs> hey, millennials, fuck you. <laughs> now you're millennials. You're using a car service. Don't use an Uber. Just walk in the streets. And also maybe fantasize about killing a black man. <laughs> oh, wait. Uber black isn't what I thought it was at all. Oh, Cancel request. Cancel request. Oh, my Lord. Uh, now, I want to, now I picture him requesting Uber pool and walking outside in his swimming <laughs> swim trunks. I'm ready to go swimming in my Uber pool. <laughs> oh, no. You know what that really freaks me out is that Uber eats. Who wants to get eaten by Uber? <laughs> what a fucking weirdo you have to the, be. Let me. Okay, the car eats you. <laughs> oh, great. Uber XL. Now some fat guy's going to be driving me around. <laughs> or maybe, just maybe, it'll be Magic Mike. <laughs> Guy's got a real hog. <laughs> Show me that ding dong. Uh, here's a successful sequence of this movie where he is stuck under the train for a little bit. Sure. I was having some fun with this. Why the hell not? Yeah, it was, you know, it's a fun moment of suspense. It's kind of crazy, too, because, like, he's, like, Okay, so this guy's dad, he's hiding. Now the police are searching the train for specifically him because he's getting in fights with everyone on the train. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great point. And then he's like, oh, no, the cop steps on the the hidden passageway to under, under the train, and it's locked. So he has to get out under the train. Under the train, very dangerous. Don't recommend doing yeah. this. No, not at all. Do not try this yeah. at home. Oh, the train starts moving, and he's like, kind of like running his feet a little bit, and then he falls down, and he has to do like, all right, I'm going to roll over this giant railroad track while this razor blade is coming towards my face. I, it's I would, scary. I would say don't do this in general. If you're 60 years old, maybe just die of the heart attack you would have. <laughs> I would be dead. I'm 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 half that age, and I would die instantly going under this, one of those Metro North trains of a heart attack. This motherfucker, not, not only gets out from the train, which she would be smashed in half, and we all know it. <laughs> yep, but absolutely. like, not only does he do that, he runs at the pace of a fucking train and catches it after dude, doing it. Yeah. That is a good call, Chris Kevin. There is some not great green screening here, but dude, Liam Neeson keeping pace with this fully moving train? In, I don't think well, so. Well, in defense of that, he's so he's such a huge guy, right? Isn't he like seven feet tall? It's like a horse. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like a horse chasing a train. You've got galloping after this train. You've got that to be, be mid-stride. 
if he got down on all fours and started running like that, oh man, that would be great. You should play a cent a centaur. Oh, yeah. dude, yes, yes, yes. It's it's me, Liam Neeson. I'm an anamorph. <laughs> I guess a centaur would be too much like cla- that, that uh, terrible Clash of the Titans remake. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was some crazy like crab person in that movie. The, the I think he's Zeus, just Zeus, like a god or whatever. Oh, oh, I'm confusing it with the the Scorpion King starring uh, The Rock. I, although, uh, dude. Liam Neeson in an Animorphs movie where he's turning into all sorts of cheetahs and stuff. Better catch the train. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty badass, dude. Also, if in this movie it was like a surprise Animorphs movie. Yeah, of course. And he's like, I haven't used this ancient power in far <laughs> too long. Better turn into an eagle real quick. <laughs> now, that's a question. Uh, what was the deal with Animorphs, Steve? Did you have one animal that you could turn into or could you turn into several? Sadly, you're asking the wrong guy. Uh, uh, an anamorph guy. I just you know, I don't know either, but I think the covers of those books always showed someone turning into one thing. Yeah, yeah. so you yeah. got to pick or choose, or maybe you're like born and you're, hey, oh, you're yeah. turned to an ostrich. Well, I remember. <laughs> Or maybe fucking Liam Neeson's like the god of Animorphs, or he's like the one. He's like it's like a Shazam or something. He's like the guy in the cave assigning Animorphs, and he can do everything. Well, well, wait, wait, wait. But I remember Ben Stiller turns into a lion. David Schwimmer turns into (laughs) a giraffe. You're thinking of Madagascar, Chris. (laughs) Oh, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's animated, right? Yes, yes. Uh, Animated, not Animorphs. I thought it was reality. I'm sorry. That's but also, like, as, it's almost as animated as your personality, Chris. Oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> the other thing uh, about this train sequence, the on-off train thing, is because like he's on the phone with Vera Farmiga, and she's like, "Listen, this is your mess. You've got to clean it up." Blah blah. And by the way, you can't leave the train because like the the this is trying to be like a speed situation where we're like. You know, there's really clear rules, and it's like, and it's yeah, you know, a, 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 a a oh my god, you can't stop the train, kind of a thing. And they, someone's the, on the phone with you, by the way. Good the, call. The rules are never that clear, and they kind of always change, and it doesn't make a ton of sense. So it's kind of a waste of time. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just it's to keep this movie in any kind of forward motion. Sure. Um, um, uh, um, hi, Joanna. Hi, Kimberly. You remember we met at the meeting the other day? Look, I saw your budget, and you're spending uh, $200 billion on goons. <laughs> um, could we instead hire somebody to make it look like she committed suicide like her cousin? No, oh, we can't do that? Oh, 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 oh stupid me. Sorry. You so- know we're not goonionaires over here. <laughs> So we uh, killed the head of the five families in uh, Brooklyn, just an FYI. That cost us $200,000. It was a really good hit, man. Uh, for this city planner, we're up to $2 million. So <laughs> let's maybe think about this a little bit better, just thinking about it. Also, Patrick Wilson, I don't know, man. Why don't you first try bribing this kid? <laughs> yeah, I it, it, <laughs> I mean, when this whole thing gets revealed, you're like, that's what this movie was? A city planner? Okay. Dude, this movie ends with me going, hey, wait a second. <laughs> exactly. In a big, bad way. Um, he's moving around now. He's- oh, he loses all of his money when he's getting back in the train. Yes. This hilarious thing. He, like, his bag gets stuck on something, and he pulls it, and the bag rips open, and all of this money goes flying into the air. And I was watching it pretty intently last night, because he was like, and it's, he's doing all this crazy shit to get on and off the train. I'm like... What does he give a shit about his messenger bag for? And then, like, and I guess you're supposed to remember the money's in there, and then the money flies out, and I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funniest little button on the whole thing is he he grabs a single $100 bill. It's the only thing that's left. 
uh, which he then goes back into the train and starts like playing poker with these guys. <sighs> Everybody's moved to the back of the train. That's right. He, he does something where he kills the AC on all the other cars because he's a fucking train genius all of a exactly. sudden. Exactly. <laughs> like, come on, man. How the fuck do you know no how way. to do that? There but have it, been instances in the summer where AC is out, and there have been times that I just stay in a hot car because I don't want to be around all these fucking people. Absolutely. Totally, dude. I've sat in many a hot car in my day. The hot smelly boxes. cars, though, no way. Oh, yeah. Well, some, but that's the thing is you see an empty car, and you're like, ooh, bonus. Might be a hot car. Might be a smelly car. Right. See, empty car on the subway definitely thinking about smells yes. right metro north though you know it's harder to sneak on not as many homeless people sometimes if at all. it's the bathrooms though some of those bathrooms that is never clean and it's just oh yeah so much shit and piss just and then like people <laughs> leave the door open to those little bathrooms and it's just like the whole the whole car is gone <laughs> um, Eric, just because nine percent of our listenership really enjoys uh, these really deep cut uh, Metro North uh, queries, I was gonna, <laughs> I want to keep that going as much as right, possible. Of course, uh-huh, by sure. all means, the tables in the cars. I don't no. think that's that's not a thing, right? No, not on the. That's... They are not a thing. There are old timers that do ride the cars that will ride the train still that will regale you of a time when there was a bar car in the Metro yes. North trains, but no longer. And I've never seen a table like that. No. It, Other I, than that, the color of the seats and stuff, pretty realistic. It's actually right. Yeah. yeah the Amtrak's, cabin, Amtrak's the cabin, will have that. Uh-huh. The, the bar yeah. cars and they'll have a ta- little tables. And right. stuff. Am, Amtrak's have yeah. dining cars. That's what it is for is a dining well, car. Absolutely. But, Cabin, I wanted to ask you specifically, though, because you were on, uh, in local parlance here, the New Haven line, which is the commuter line that goes from Connecticut into the city. Uh, And at last I checked, which now we're talking like the early aughts when we were in college, Mm -hmm. but those trains were the last bastion of the bar cars. I mean, when I'm getting on the train, I'm sitting down and putting on my headphones and trying to forget that everybody else is there. Uh, ah, so I'm yes. maybe not the one to be asking. Is that, is that the only way you could shoot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember that those old-timey New Haven Line cars, because eventually the New Haven Line comes into New York and makes some stops in Westchester. So, like, we would sometimes get on there. Porchester when, and Rye and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so when we were at Purchase, you would get on the train around there. And I always remember there were bar cars there. Uh, but I guess uh, the, I guess progress has eliminated I, yeah. those. Also, well, I think people got too drunk, so I think it kind of just. Which is hilarious, there. though, dude. Because also something they have in this movie that's inaccurate is this train is going to Yankee Stadium on a game day, Oof. and there's very few drunken assholes around. Which come on, <laughs> there are some people in the Yankees stuff, but but my the line that does go to Cold Spring does stop at Yankee Stadium when there is a game. And they yeah. are quite annoying, and you're right. It doesn't encapsulate the exact feeling <laughs> of heading to a stadium while you're just trying to get the fuck home. <laughs> well, you can't really express the smell of overwhelming piss. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of piss smell. Yeah, my smell. new movie, The Commuter, it's coming out in smell-o-vision. <laughs> 4DX. <laughs> yeah, I'll just piss on you in the movie theater. You feel that light mist coming out of your seat? It's piss. Yeah, tinkle-vision. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is exactly like being on the MTA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, the movie stopped for 20 minutes for no reason. Yep, it's like being on the MTA. <laughs> oh, you want to be like... It's like being on the MTA now in the movie. Some people are talking and laughing way too loudly. <laughs> Just gabbing. 
people are losing their lives in this movie. It's a serious film. <laughs> Stop ye laughing at it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's playing poker with Tony and this other guy who who he thinks is this big suspect, which is like huge fucking hulking Russian guy, or I don't even know what the, it's a, was he French? I don't know, I, I don't know yeah. if we have a, uh, any sort of radar on the ethnicity. However, he looks like it's Dan Geef from Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> well, it's one of those things where Liam Neeson is like, look at that guy. Tattoos must be a villain. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that also is what led him to kill a fucking uh, FBI agent not too far, not too long ago. Yeah, absolutely, dude. This character does not learn from his mistakes. Um, and, and he's like, oh, so what are you doing? Hey, we're just playing poker. Here's a bloody hundred dollar bill that I'm going to throw <laughs> on the table. And dude, like, if, yeah, if you're commuting and doing like some like innocent gambling and some guy comes in with a bloodied bill <laughs> and says, this is all I have left to my name. Yeah, don't worry. Maybe don't let him buy in. Don't worry. It's not my blood. It's FBI blood. Jesus, Mike, uh, <laughs> did, were you just in a dirt bike race? What's going on here? No one questions how fucking filthy he is in this movie. I don't get it. And they saw him like 10 minutes ago, perfectly clean. <laughs> and he's harassing everyone on the train. I, I didn't be like, yo, Mike, honestly, thanks, but no thanks. We're kind of done for the day. Being train buds. Well, maybe everyone sees him like filthy and dirty and stinking and bloody. Oh, you use the bathroom. <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you come out of one of those things. Oh, it yeah. got you, huh? Oh, crap. <laughs> it you got you. Purell. Yeah. You know, I was, I was pretty okay. I thought I had good footing in the bathroom, and then the train took a quick turn, and oops, look at me now. Oh, been there. So take a look at me now. <laughs> Covered in shit and piss. <laughs> so he basically lays out his entire plan loudly to these guys so the whole car can hear it and he's like you know step one i'd kill the ac so everybody has to go into one car i i would then figure out who has to get off at cold spring and blah 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 blah, blah. and then like this dude with a guitar just gets up and leaves and he's like, well, there's the next person I have to go follow and murder. <laughs> well, at this point, too, like they take a, as he's talking about it, it, they're trying to keep the suspense. And even though the suspense of this movie is totally gone and they show there's like, I don't know, like 12 people left on the train. But once we get to the hostage situation coming up, there's like 70 all of yep, a sudden. All, there is a magic number of extras in this movie that yes. appear out of thin fucking air. And it's a real continuity problem. Yes, yeah, so he goes to the next car with this guy with the guitar is like what's in your guitar case and he's like it's a guitar and he's like are you sure <laughs> did you sell your soul to the devil <laughs> <laughs> this train don't stop at the crossroads friend <laughs> and so like they kind of get into it and yeah eventually it turns out this dude is indeed the assassin uh and they start fighting and let me tell you something points for this movie Liam Neeson hits this dude with his own guitar and at the first sign of guitar making contact with this dude's noodle there is definitely an amplified guitar sound like a kabong I wish you I wish you would say kabong yeah <laughs> time for a sticky licky solo here i go wow oh sham you're here hello how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's, That'd be great. Some shitty little white kid crawls through the window. And this is when um, this guy, this assassin, is fucking firing wildly. And everyone else is just reading fucking, I don't even know what. Do, 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 words with friends. Reading la, la, la. Jody Picoult in the next car. Like, nice fucking try. <laughs> yeah, you have to tell me there's like a dimensional vortex between these train cars for no one to even fucking notice this. Not even the fucking conductors. It's fucking crazy. Because, yeah, he's like shooting out windows at this point, and then he eventually throws this man out of the, the train window. Well, the weird uh, thing is this guy... No ticket. <laughs> I was kind of expecting a no ticket. <laughs> yeah. It could use some one-liners. This movie kind of takes itself too seriously. I agree. Well, also, it takes, takes 40 minutes for Liam Neeson to throw a punch in a movie. No thanks, movie. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, and here's how you you uh, sort of uh, whet the appetite for that, Steve. There is some sort of, uh, and, and it can be quick. I will say this movie is under two hours. You could be a real quick prologue where it's Liam Neeson. He's on the beat with Patrick Wilson. And then like something, something he's injured and has to retire. But like, yes. you know, yeah, like a little bit. At of, least that way you have some, you know. Well, wouldn't it be better to see the him reading books with his son? Is that better? <laughs> Isn't he so relatable? Don't you do that? Like he's like chasing down some dude that like robbed a bodega sure. or whatever. You know, they have a little bit of a fight. I would love it if it was just like he stubbed his toe, cut he's an insurance agent. <laughs> <laughs> I have to retire, Mar- Murph. It's it's over for me. Man, Liam Neeson saying Murph throughout this yeah. movie. Eep. Would he be re- realistic with his whole like dis uh, disbandment from the NYPD or retirement? Would just be like, I shot a kid. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh. Like, he had I, some sort of ray gun. Oh no, actually, it's oh, it's the NYPD. I got a raise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the commissioner now. <laughs> they, they told me to keep doing it. <laughs> But the uh, when he's fighting before he fights this um, assassin, the assassin's like, "Who is it? You got to tell me who the, who the person is to kill." Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, "We're still doing this." And also, like, what a, an appropriate metaphor! What a way to run a railroad. You've got one guy <laughs> with the gun that has to ask the other guy who to kill. Like, come on! And the other uh, guy, and the other guy clearly doesn't want to do it. Like, I always love these movies where it's like, you know, who's the best person to do a murder is someone who absolutely doesn't want to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's just like, it's the same with this assassin. It's the same thing with Patrick Wilson at the end of the movie where they're both characters that are like, listen, man, this is far beyond you or I, the people that are running this scam. You have no idea what they're making me do, like See, that- kind of a thing. And this assassin's pulling that, and I'm like, no. <laughs> exactly. It is pointless. You're right. Like, just have Patrick Wilson chasing this girl and give this girl agency and something to do. And now she's looking over her shoulder, trying not to be murdered and make it that. We don't need all these characters. Hi. Exactly. Hi, Joanna. Uh, Kim again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember? <laughs> um. So the thing is, did you send five assassins to take his family? That's a two assassin job. I, could you fucking tell me what you're doing here? Uh, listen, Joanna, we're going to need the receipts when you're back in on Monday. This is just really blowing itself out of proportion here. And at the end, they don't even fucking accomplish that mission. The they- FBI apparently gets there before and arrests three men outside his house. So it's just like what these these goons are being so misappropriated. <laughs> yes. And they're bad goons. <laughs> they're just fucking bad at their job. Yeah. yeah you know, Joanna, goons. last year when you asked for 200 goons under your supervision, Greg and I really were, we thought about it, but we gave it to you. But now 
I think I'm gonna have to bring Greg in for another meeting. We're gonna have a big <laughs> meeting on Monday. Jo- uh, I mean, uh, Joanna, did you say we would cover his travel? <laughs> we just don't do that. <laughs> You're paying for his gas money now. That's what's happening, by the way. <laughs> yeah, welcome to uh, Discount Goons. <laughs> we uh, sometimes get the job done, but uh, to be completely honest with you, sometimes we will grossly fuck it up. Yep, that's what, this- we're based in Gotham City. <laughs> <laughs> they all uh, they all have garish names like you would uh, imagine. This is an obliterator. This is uh, a tough, a, a classic tough. Uh, this is a knifey. <laughs> the obliterators are extra expensive, I think. But this shows you these fucking goons, man, like the mafia. They know what they're doing. Exactly. They get it done. This has been a pro-mafia show since inception. And it's like, why... Stay out of the crime racket, amateurs. Exactly. Exactly. You know who's fucking finding this girl and murdering her immediately? <laughs> the mafia. Exactly. They're great at killing witnesses. That's one of their <laughs> <Yeah>. strengths. <laughs> it's never like, oh shit, we gotta find that witness. Let's uh get some fucking Irish fucking cop on a train that doesn't want to kill her to do it. Like, no, actually, let's get fucking Vito that killed four people last week to do it. Because he's exactly. really fucking good at it. Yeah, the mafia has never sat down to have a planning meeting in where they're like, <laughs> all right, Johnny, finally, we're going to let you execute your elaborate plan to kill this witness. I guess they're trying to do like a North by Northwest type of thing sure. in this movie. Look, yeah. I Look, I can get you uh, 10 snipers for like $500, but they can't aim. <laughs> well, the other thing, too, is they never reveal whom Joanna is working for or is. And that's sort of something you need. Is she like, all you need to do is be like, she works for the governor or something. You know what that I mean? That like, is the thing right there, dude. The governor, like the next highest up in some sort of statewide scandal. Or even say know. the mafia if that's the case or something. Yeah. Like, you know, just drugs, Ma- vague drug I'll take. But city ha- planner, yes, you, my eyes are glazing. You have to make it something. Yes. You just have to. I'm sorry, <laughs> folks. This is a baseline minimum. <laughs> Uh, He's a city planner, and uh, anyway, end of the movie. Bye. There's a, there's a surprising number, and maybe Eric again. You you and Chris take the, the Metro North far more than I do, and Aaron Drew has as well. I've, I've taken my fair share. Have you ever seen quite as many train axes in uh, on these trains? Or? Absolutely not. I've seen never. a total of zero train axes. They definitely don't look that cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of this fight. Liam Neeson's like, well, I better use this train axe. I guess it's supposed to be in like a fire emergency kit or something. Right, or like but, break glass in case of assassin. But, but it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a hatchet. It's not even a fucking axe. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he finally fucking figures out that Prin is the teenage girl who's had her earbuds in this whole movie. Lucky her. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> like, it's now he's basically been like, okay, like, I know who you are. I'm not going to kill you. We just have to figure out what's going on. And Vera Farmiga calls back and she's like, hey, man, uh, everyone's going to die. <laughs> just FYI, everybody's going to die. And so Liam Neeson in this last act of heroism is like, well, if we never get to Cold Spring, then we don't have to worry about this. And he makes this fucking conductor, this dude who's been on the job for 32 years, <laughs> Sam, pull this emergency brake. But uh-oh, the emergency brake is rigged to the front of the train and it blows out the, like, engineer's area. And, dude, this old guy who we see here and there throughout the movie cooked up like a crispy critter. He kind of looks delicious. 
<laughs> he does, I'll dude. He looks like some fucking Chinese barbecue, this guy. I mean, like, if no one, the train's going to derail anyway. You always wanted to know what human flesh tastes like. And it's <laughs> like oh, you know what? This train may derail. Better resort to cannibalism <laughs> while I can. <laughs> it sounds like I'm not going to eat dinner for a long time. <laughs> hey, millennial, you want to split this, this fucking MTA worker with me? <laughs> I know he's not spread across avocado toast or whatever. <laughs> the best Why don't you pay me $30 to eat this guy? I mean, my God, millennials. <laughs> the best meat is in the ass. Just watch this. <laughs> Look at me eating ass. <laughs> hey, millennials, I thought you liked eating ass. Well, here I am, a boomer eating ass. It's so succulent. Come on, have a chomp. Oh, wait, hold on. You mean... You mean you say eating ass is tonguing the asshole? No, 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 no. I put it on a plate and eat it like a fucking <laughs> loaf of bread. <laughs> oh, this ass is so good, it's as good as those horse carriages in Central Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I forgot that's another dumb opinion of his. Yeah, he's very adamant that we, he wants horses running around Manhattan. <laughs> Which, hey, soon enough, we might be back to it. That's true. I'm waiting for the take... fucking wolves to come out of the park, man. <laughs> Pretty soon me and Chris are going to be splitting a fucking carriage down to your place. <laughs> we have to get capes then. It's gonna be... You and him are going to be riding down the, the road like fucking uh, Oswald Cobblepot's parents. Exactly. <laughs> oh, whatever, man. So he, you know, uh, the, the explosion happens or whatever, and they're trying to separate... You know, the engine car from, you know, the rest of the cars so everybody can be safe and this thing can just crash. And, like, he needs more help. So the Sam, the conductor, is back on the job. And this guy right here, oh, man, he's got this line where he's like, <laughs> he's like, I've always said it would either be the people or the trains that get me. I always knew it would be the train. <laughs> and I'm like, so, sir, in, in your storied career as a conductor for this railroad, you always knew the train would be the cause of your death. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know, again, we, 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 we poke fun at the police. But like, you know, those those guys really walk in and be like, hey, this might be the last day I, I sign up for this job. You know, and that's a real, yeah. sca- a real fear. And similarly with the. Uh, with firemen, and that's, that's a, it's a brave thing to do. When you're a train conductor, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be suiting up in the morning like, is this my <laughs> last day on earth every day? Well, uh, you don't understand. You see, this uh, this train was uh, briefly part of the Uber Eats program, and uh, <laughs> I was expecting one day to be eat, eaten and consumed by this train uh, for sustenance. Is, so Uber Eats, that's why they added so many fucking local stops that make no sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, there's a massive derailment. Like they, they get everything kind of unhooked. This conductor is killed because the engine part of the train like flips over, and this guy just goes sky high. I want to see Liam him. Neeson gets back to safety somehow. I want to see him bite it a little harder. It's a quick cutaway, and I'm like, I kind of want to see something go through his brain. Yeah, absolutely. Like a, so they have to like dislocate the train cars, and then there's like an. an just a random chain that flies out and connects them again. So they have to disconnect that. And then that guy goes flying up and Liam Neeson goes flying forward and makes it into the rest of the tra- He's invincible in this movie. He is. There is some bad fucking, like Liam Neeson's cartoon makes it back to the train, though. The CGI is terrible. <laughs> then he starts chewing on a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, like, 
guess what? Everybody's dead. Not just Liam Neeson, but like you, you see this from like a a bird's eye view, and like holy shit, everyone is dead. Everyone's like kind of holding on to these like tables and shit. Like nah, nah, son, they're dead. Uh, You're seeing a train car. This is it's a huge missed opportunity. We're talking about how this movie has some previous missed opportunities for some levity or even some flat out comedy. Right here is where you need it because there's a shot of a road with the railroad crossing and the things are down, you know, so people don't drive through and whatever. And then the train comes through like sideways because of the derailment. You need a gag where it's like an old couple in a car and they're waiting at the train crossing. And it's like, oh, Harold, these trains always take forever to pass by. Yeah, and you then want it's that broken train passes the wrong way you know and then they're like my goodness well, you want the ghost the movie would have some levity and we can't have that you want the ghostbusters couple we'll take the next one <laughs> absolutely there's a bear in his apartment like yeah that kind of shit you need those kinds of things you like there was a joke like that in unstoppable never oh is that it. right never i've never it. seen really it sure I don't think it's stopping, honey. <laughs> Was that the joke? Yes, it is. Eric, good oh, one. Good. There are people that swear by that being a great movie. What say you, Chris Cabin? It's fine. What? It's fine. It's trash. It's a trash bag, dude. It's fine. Oh, trash bag. I probably should revisit all these directors' works of because it's the same director, right? Nonstop. No, that's Tony Scott, isn't it? No, you're getting you're nonstop unstoppable. and unstoppable mixed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about unstoppable, the Chris Pine Denzel movie, yep. I believe. That's it. Oh, okay. So nonstop is the Liam Neeson airplane movie. Yes. Which and is essentially this on a plane. Unstoppable was the other train movie, which I remember. I saw it and I was like, "This is not for me." Uh, but, <laughs> but then people are now raving about it, so I don't know. Maybe I should go back. Um. In any event, so they're yeah, they, <laughs> I don't know. They, Welcome uh, to movie four because like this is like yes. the now the the train stops and everyone's like stopped and like all of a sudden all this NYPD FYI in Beacon that's not how that works uh, like pull up <laughs> and like Sam Neill's got them surrounded and it's a hostage situation and also Pat Kiernan becomes really important at the end of this movie. Pat Kiernan, local New York One news broadcaster, part of the MCU officially. <laughs> and he's just like, well, it seems like there's, um, uh, oh, hey there. It's, now I'm doing a bad Canadian accent. But like, it's like, oh, there's well, so a, um, the train derailed and there seems to be a hostage situation now. I'm like, how do you get any of this information? <laughs> Dude, not only that, he fucking straight up is like, and uh, it would appear as if there's an ex-NYPD <laughs> officer who's taken hostages, and I'm like, really, dude? Where is the information being relayed here? All right, and now let's to what is in the paper. Okay, um, well, Garfield just ate lasagna. Um, uh, we now cut to Roger Clark petting a kitten. Yeah, just no one for the Roger Clark jokes, huh? All right. No, no. sorry. What's that? Uh, he's like the he's like kind of a living. He's he's a really nice guy, but he seems like a living joke on the New York One offices because he always does like he kind of looks like uh, what's that character actor uh, Saul Rubinek a little bit. Huh. Oh, he, is that right? Yeah, and he gets into like silly. He, anytime there's a silly story on New York One, it's it's Roger Clark. Just an FYI. Oh, I don't remember that guy. The funny thing is now my cable provider does not give me New York one. Really? I just got it up here, which is crazy. I'm waiting, man. I hope someday Fios gives it to me so I can have that sweet, sweet New York one Zen monotone news delivery back. Hi, Joanna. Have you turned on the television today? <laughs> 
before you leave, I would like you to turn on. And remember, we could have hired one motherfucking assassin. <laughs> and this would have been all over. But now we've got a PR disaster the size of fucking World War II on our hands. That's fantastic. But no, Joanna refuses famously to work with Italians. Now everyone knows we got bad goons. Thanks. <laughs> oh, you try that? You don't want to try that, Sydney. They got bad goons. The goons aren't great. I tried the goons, they're not great. It's because they don't slice the uh, garlic thin. <laughs> and so, like, it's this thing where, and like, Liam Neeson knows the score. I mean, he's like, all right, there's going to be snipers. Let's put newspaper on the windows. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's sure. like, and it, I mean, like, and there's still 20 minutes left of this movie, and it feels like 45. Yeah. It's like, uh, this is not. The third act of this movie goes on for fucking ever. And by I, the way, they, yeah, put go up, ahead. they put up these newspapers, and then the NYPD, which is obviously, why are they here? But they take out of the, their sniper takes out this super scope, like we're in, we're in the fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Eraser, and we get to see like <laughs> everyone's skeletons and shit with this x ray shit. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. And everyone's got this yellow thing, this yellow aura. And then Patrick Wilson, like, is like, I'll go in. I know the guy. And he's wearing like a body cam of some kind or like a little tag. So he's blue. So the guy knows who's who. It's like, what the fuck's technology is this? Yeah, I have no clue if this is, a re- is real or not. I'm leaning towards movie magic here. Um, the girl, Sophia is her name, this Prin, because uh, she's reading the Scarlet Letter, Hester Prin. Wow, does everybody get it? Uh, <laughs> even Liam Neeson is just like, ha, okay. But even the Scarlet Letter doesn't really apply to what is even happening in the book. It doesn't. It's just like the name, yes. I guess. They, they were like, by the way, uh, before you get on the train, we need to know what book you're going to be reading. Uh, because that will be your code name going forward. Ah, yes, uh, the Scarlet Letter. I remember that. It's a a, a lovely romantic comedy book uh, uh, between two people, and he writes some letters on uh, red paper. It's it's a lovely, <laughs> the lovely story. This I read it for fu- my son's class. Yeah, exactly. This whole fucking movie is like a shout out to Basic Lit. <laughs> <laughs> Eighth grade mandatory biatch. <laughs> Well, even what's-his-face, uh, Mike the Cleaner's got some line because uh, Liam Neeson's reading Wuthering Heights at one point, and uh, he's like, yeah, Charlotte Bronte or whatever, and he goes, uh, Emily. It's uh, right there on the front of the book. Now, let me tell you how books work, all right? So in the front, it's the cover, and ordinarily, if you want to know who wrote the book, you'll look right there, and the information will be pretty prominently displayed. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, Mike, I only know that because my favorite uh, girl uh, was reading it. <laughs> <laughs> so Patrick yeah. Wilson's like, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to solve this case. And like, right. and you know he's crooked immediately. And he gets on. Uh, he walks he, he walks onto the train and he's like, hey, Mike, hey, Mike, we're in a real fix here, buddy. How are we going to get out of this one? I'm like, just reveal yourself to be crooked and end the movie. Exactly. You know how you know he's crooked, Steve, because he's appearing again in the film. Now yes. I'm remembering actually when I saw this, uh, when I saw when we saw this in the theaters, we we had a few drinks to start. Sure. And I was I very very clearly remember like really having to piss at this point, and I'm like, shut the fuck up, Patrick Wilson. I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> be, I gotta take a leak. That'd be good for like your your stand up album name. <laughs> shut up, Patrick Wilson. I gotta go. Also, it's weird because here is Sam Neill, this NYPD captain. They say that he's 
uh, in command in this situation, which, yes, he's out of his jurisdiction, but also not for nothing, the fucking FBI is on hand. Yes, the FBI is all over this thing. Yeah, they're they're subservient to the NYPD in this. And it's like, and where's the state police in all this? Oh, state, the, you see the state police for two seconds in the scene where he is, they're in um, Terrytown and he's hiding under right. the train. Yes, and I believe they're wearing the wrong color uniform. But No, I think, anyway. they're, I think they're correct. It's the gray with the purple. It looked. I thought it was green today. But oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I was. I don't know. Maybe I was greening out. Huh? Oh, that could be. Uh, but yeah, so like we get the whole scoop, and you know, uh, Murph is on the scene, and he's trying to do the whole like, well, you know, we got to get some passengers off here. He had asked him previously. This is where I was like, what the fuck did he say? Because. He goes, uh, you know, oh, how many people? Patrick Wilson says, how many people are on the train? And Liam Neeson's like, ah, uh, like 15 or 20. And I was like, well, that can't be true. I think there's like five. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you see all of these extras just booking it off this train. And I was like, where did these people come from? Yeah, like 20 other people leave, and there's still like the eight to 10 people we've been following. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> and Patrick Wilson does this thing where he fucks up because like, when uh, Prin reveals herself, she tells the story about how this guy said something that there are no noble people and da 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 da. And then uh, Patrick Wilson's like, "Well, you know, Mike, there are no noble people." Blah blah blah. And it's like, "Oh, oh right, yeah. yeah." And so it's like, "Da da da da." He's crooked. And then he's like, "All right, so which one is Prin?" This girl stands up and is like, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm Prin. It's me." Blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, in a sickening turn in this movie. <laughs> They have a fucking I am Spartacus moment started up by that fucking the big tattooed guy that he's playing poker with. Yes. And he's like, no, Fuck I, you. Like, no, I am Prin. And then Florence Pugh is like, I am Prin. Can I be in a better movie now? I'm like, soon. <laughs> very, very soon. Sure. Sure, you can. Absolutely, Florence. You could be in two of them. <laughs> you could also do that wrestling movie. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so they have their Spartacus moment. And then like Liam Neeson gets in a fight with Patrick Wilson and Patrick Wilson out of nowhere is like this masterful knifesman. Yeah. And he's giving him all these like quick stabs like a ninja. And everyone's getting involved in the fight now. Like Tony gets involved. Oh, oh I'm sorry. There is. It's the worst part of the I'm Spartacus moment. I have to say it where like I was like, I am printing. I am printing. Everyone gets up and does it. All the main characters except for the wacky other conductor who's like, well, I'm definitely not print. Let me let you know that. Oh yeah, that's fucking. Bad and I joke. vaguely remember a huge laugh in the in the theater at the time wow. with, with a Ooh, little bit. Of, really, a mild applause broke out. God damn it! And you guys saw this in New York, mm-hmm. yes. So it's like I guess these people just never never ridden the Metro North or anything. <laughs> well, I yeah, just, I don't know. I mean, you get some people in this town that never leave the five boroughs. I true. don't know. The same people that laughed at that are the same people that literally always because this joke always kills for some reason. That Eminem commercial that's in front of every movie ever. Uh, with like, this is your mission. No, this is an envelope. People fucking <laughs> lose it at that l- line. I've mm. never noticed that. Really, people appreciate that Eminem humor. Yes, they do. And also, I'm, I'm, <laughs> my wife is now in the in the audience, and I've stolen that joke from her, and she's mad at me. <laughs> oh, Jen gets full credit for that joke. Steve, exactly. At long last, because she doesn't. Steve Sadek, the fucking Carlos Mencia of podcasting. <laughs> Everyone knows. I'm gonna get outed. <laughs> Everyone knows people love Eminem comedy. They love Eminem babes. I mean, have you seen the green one? Oh, dude, she's so sexy. <laughs> it's unbelievable. 
I can't. I can't. Whenever that comes on TV, I got to throw brick through it. Oh man. <laughs> Have you ever tried the green M M&M and M tab on Pornhub? It's oh, wild. Yeah, it's, just, it's just a bunch of fucking losers fucking bags of candy while an eight chan tab is open on their computer. Like I Dude. said, wild. Yeah, you want you want to spend some a few months in containment? <laughs> check out the green M M&M and M tab on Pornhub. We'll see. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, whatever he and. Uh, Patrick was like getting this fight, and it turns out, whoops, Liam Neeson ripped the little blue thing off of him, and all of these snipers murder Patrick Wilson. It's kind of funny. And then, like, everyone from the FBI just knows immediately that Liam Neeson was good the whole time, and they're like, don't worry, buddy. We're not even going to bring you in for questioning. It's totally cool. Dude, they're not bringing anybody in for questioning because there's an FBI agent who's asking this girl, Prin, like, right there about all this shit. And I'm like, get this woman to safety. <laughs> At long last. I, you saved the money on gas. Can you now get her to the safe house? <laughs> like still... this fucking Detective Garcia or whatever. He's doing this uh, this interrogation in the middle of a flaming train yard. <laughs> it's true. But I do think that, like, Liam Neeson would get the Ethel Rosenberg treatment for this. Oh, for sure. <laughs> This is just too much. No. And the destruction of property. No, it's... Oh, sure, property. It's really easy. No, the FBI agent comes in. He's like... And Mike's like, I, I swear I'm good. And he's like, yeah, I know. It's you and Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson is clearly fucking evil. Yeah. <laughs> it's Patrick Wilson. You know him from Aquaman? Have yeah, you he's seen the movie? The bad he's, he's the bad guy, yeah. Um, there's, there is a kind of funny, like, around the horn with, like sort of the more famous of the the train uh crowd here including like yeah the aforementioned like wacky train conductor is hitting on the nurse and Liam Neeson's like ha young love <laughs> and then you see dude one of the funniest shots ever he turns his head he looks and they cut to Florence Pugh dumping all of those fake IDs in a dumpster <laughs> Liam learned. Neeson just changing lives left and right. Yeah, he he's did so it. proud, too, in that moment. He's just like, yep, it was all worth it. <laughs> well, because he's like, he when he has the encounter with her about it, she's like, they're not mine. My boyfriend made me carry this bag, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, he's not much of a boyfriend if he's making you do schemes like this. Now, is he? He's, he sees her dumping out all the ideas. And he's like. Ah, yes. Now 200 children will have to find another way to drink liquor illegally. (laughs) (laughs) I also love it's like, all right, I want to transport these 200 fake IDs. You know, it costs a lot of money to make them pretty illegal. Do I want to spend the 60 bucks on the fucking Uber up to Cold Spring? No, I think what I'd like to do is put her on a fucking train where she has to go through three fucking checkpoints. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and also, I don't know what this like mail order fake ID shit is. Back in the day, man, I just went to a fucking head shop down on McDougal Street and some dude took me behind a curtain and took my photograph and that was the end of it. What, I was the only one with a fake ID? Was it a nude photograph? (laughs) No, I I mean, maybe. It was just my face, though. I I had a nude ID. That's it. I had a brother. My brother was a couple years older than me, so I just would use old ones, and that would work like 17% of the time. Like, ha! Stopped working out, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you're significantly shorter. (laughs) Oh, right. Your height is on those, isn't it? Yeah, sure That's a a problem. It says here you were born in 1952. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I was uh, wearing stilts when I uh, when I got my uh, ID taken. Yeah, that's that's right. There's a garbage exchange. Like, so his his wife and son show up, and they're kind of like taking him home. And Sam Neal's like standing there, and he's like, "Oh, just give me a second, honey." 
and they kind of talk and but Sam Neill, it's just like, you know, we miss guys like you in the department. Guys that do it right. And I'm like, what? all right, so just like you're missing not crooked cops. That's what you're saying. I mean, you've seen the news, right? I mean, we are just like a fucking nest of vipers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, and then we do get we do get a fucking great Pat Kiernan with a potential sequel set up because there's like this news montage again of like, you know, all this like uh television news. So you hear some audio and it's Pat Kiernan being like, also, uh police are trying to figure out the whereabouts of this possible Joanna while we ask, does she even exist? And you're like, man. Nobody cares. And then there's speaking of nobody cares. There's a stinger scene. Oh uh, yeah. In, not, I mean, it's not even a stinger. Oh, scene. epilogue. It's, it's a button. Yeah, it's it's an epilogue. It's Leo. It's 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 Liam Neeson on another train, um, in Chicago, and he comes up to uh, Vene- uh Joanna, who's reading uh the Count of Monte Cristo. And he's like, I like that book. Good ending. And it's like, oh man, shut up, everybody. <laughs> Good ending. Better sandwich. <laughs> And he's like, well, let me tell you something. Do you want to, what would you do in this situation when you're about to get arrested? And he shows her <laughs> his New York City Police Department badge, which has no jurisdiction in Chicago. Who are you, fucking Axel Foley? Like, what is <laughs> happening? Like, it's one thing if you wanted to make him like, oh, he's now part of the FBI, like make him have more of a connection with Agent Garcia or something. Yeah, but- exactly. Or like, maybe she's on the subway. You know what I mean? Like the regular, regular subway. She just exactly. gets on... <laughs> Why did she have to be in Chicago? Uh, Greg? Yeah, it's Kim. You are sending Joanna to Chicago office. <laughs> I, I'm not dealing with this again, okay? I'm sorry. I, th- I think part of it is like to scare the audience. Like, oh my God, I'm a commuter, but thank God I'm not in New York. Oh wait, what? It could even happen in Chicago or another city? Yeah, I guess so. It's just, it's so dumb that he's just part of the NYPD. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying that doesn't really solve his money woes either, FYI. No, well, that should have been a thing. That, see, that's the thing is like Sam Neill, you should have seen Sam Neill offer him the job right there. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because then it's like, all right, you're at least employed, the money stuff, you know, you'll be able to put your kid through college and whatever. Maybe him and Sam Neill are on a different take. You know? Oh yes, that's... you know they're like maybe with the mafia against these new upstarts, and and that way he could pay his two mortgages. That makes. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they're double secret corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, only lying about being a double. <laughs> uh, would anybody recommend this movie? Uh, no, uh, I remember seeing it the first time and kind of enjoying it for a silly romp. And again, I was pretty lit up, um, but. <laughs> Having to see it again, knowing where it was going and the silly beats, I, I, it's a no for me. I, maybe it's worth it the first time around, but it's, I can't, I can't distance myself from this last watch, which felt like a slog. It's, it's also a no for me. I mean, it's okay to like a movie. I know people do enjoy this movie, and I just feel like it's tired after seeing Liam Neeson play this basically same movie like 15 times. There's better versions of this movie with him in it. Right. That I can't recommend this. And also I know, and by the way, yes, we, we, we nitpicked about New York geography and, but it's, and I know this probably pisses some people off, but it's so easy to get it right. Why get it? Why do it wrong? Why do it wrong? Why alienate? 
the people who live in the areas where this takes place, you know, the place where there's over 8 million people. I mean, also because, like, not for nothing, you have the internet now. You can check this stuff. You can have someone do research when you're writing the screenplay, you know. Uh, Chris Cabin? Uh, It's a yes for me, actually. Um, I think this is pretty entertaining for the most part. Uh, contrarian yes that's 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 me so i'm a contrarian no go on, go on. Um, why, why do you love it i i think it's i think it's well-directed trash uh i think that i think it works up until about when the assassin fight happens um it's it's engaging i mean i actually didn't like it the first time i saw it and liked it better this time uh and Ooh. with the accuracy of the things i i, I don't give a fuck like yeah. I, I honestly like if the fucking subway flies great if it flies yeah, who fucking cares i don't give a we're shit. in the future um, uh i actually i liked it better on rewatch as well but i'm i'm not I'm definitely not singing its praises um i would say i mean steve i think i was in your boat the first time we saw it uh which was the booze cruise that we were on that was the boat that we were on <laughs> um and you know yeah sure like you know liquor <laughs> helps with these kind of movies i'd say it's kind of like a soft recommend i think this is actually uh kind of a hangover movie yeah because especially because it has pretty much the singular location that you're kind of like dozing in and out and you can wake up and be like well i guess he's still on the train or whatever <laughs> and like you know and i actually i think i also kind of agree with chris a little bit in that it is kind of a decent enough mystery you know trying to figure out what's going on here uh you know because she's on the phone it also has a little bit of that like die hard with a vengeance or like phone booth kind of you know the terrorist is on the phone kind of thing which keeps me engaged even though like i'd rather see vera farmiga doing more than just you know 99 percent voice performance yeah uh, but you know, I will say if you're looking for like, you know, a better movie in Mr. Colette Sarah's, uh, you know, filmography, I do think Orphan is a better movie. Uh, I think House of Wax is a better movie, but also as far as the Liam Neeson collabs, I remember kind of having fun with Run All Night, which they did three years prior to that this. That has like the best cast, I think, of all of them. That's Commons the, in that one. Ed Harris. The, only, oh, yes. Only one I haven't seen was that one. You got yeah, it's common. You got yourself some oh yeah, Bruce McGill. Isn't Paul you got Walker some... in that? No, it's Joel Kinnaman. Joel Kinnaman, got it. Joel Kinnaman, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, Ed Harris. So you got a a little bit of a deeper bench to play with. Um, but overall, I don't think this is I actually, that terrible. I could see the hangover situation. I think I could co-sponsor that legislation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, and that is The Commuter from 2018, directed by Jaime Colette Serra. Uh, thank you so much to our good buddy Joel from California for calling this one in. And that, my friends, concludes the 2020 Listener Request Month, unless I'm mistaken. No, that's that's it. That's the end of it. That's it. That's done. Mm-hmm. That's uh, so thank you so much uh, for everybody who called in about all that. We do have uh, some listener-requested things, of course, on the Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash WeHateMovies. We had back-to-back uh TNG episodes requested, which was great. We got uh, the Gummy Bears on Animation Damnation. We got Ferris Bueller on We Love Movies. Well, am I missing anything? It's a movie about somebody pretending to be sick, which is a, a nice, <laughs> uh, a nice change. 
Did you say Nisa the Ewok Princess? Oh, oh yes. right. Yes, of course. Yes, Could I forget our, our, our super exciting friend Nisa the Ewok <laughs> Princess? Yes, on the on our Star Wars side show, the Gleep Glossary, where we read about silly Star Wars characters. And you folks at home requested the Nisa Ewok Princess. Um, and of course, not part of Listener Request Month, but this month we are indeed wrapping up our coverage of Star Trek Picard, or making it so sideshow that we're doing. Uh, but as always, here on the main feed, uh, you know, the show will be continuing. We we should say also, if you missed the announcement, uh, we are doing a, a, a bonus show uh, on the main feed for everybody while we're locked inside here and practicing responsible social distancing is a show called Melro 210. Steve Sadak, this was uh, your baby. Take it away. Yeah, it's going to be an episode. It's going to be uh, a twice a, a twice a week release. Um, one kind of like the Nexus, but for Melrose Place and 90210. However, <laughs> uh, it's going to be one one hour uh, or 45 minutes ish. Uh, per episode, a twice twice a week release. That way, you got like some more stuff kind of metered out throughout the week for you to listen to as we are, uh, so we don't like uh, turn into bug people. Uh, right. That's right, and uh, it's just lasting until c- containment is over for the Northeast, right? Yes, exactly, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so look forward to that coming out. Stay tuned to all of our social media for show updates, uh, just like that. So you always want to be on top of the WHM releases. And um, the Prime feed will continue next Tuesday as well. Steve Sadek, what do we have going on there? Uh, we are unlocking something from the vault. Speaking of trying to Ooh. do some stuff, uh, we are unlocking an, a previously patrons-only episode on Man of Steel, uh, a very highly rated episode on that small subsect of people that are on the Patreon, which should be much larger, but now everyone gets to listen to it. It's going to be super fun. Uh, yeah. That was so, one of our first full-length episodes we did on Patreon. Um, by the way, also the Justice League commentary. Did we mention that already? We did no, we no, that's right. Yeah. Uh, reminding me I have to put that together. But yes, the Justice League commentary is coming out as well. Uh, so that's another thing for you to do uh, during our containment here, of course. Uh, and yeah, you know, we will just uh, we're going to take this a, a week at a time, gang. But as far as we're concerned uh, with this remote recording technology, uh, WHM is staying on the air. So next week uh, you're going to enjoy and we should say this in case we don't get a chance to make a bumper, though, Steve, they're going to enjoy Man of Steel. We're going to unlock the vault for that. But then next week after that. What new content will be to, we be will we be tossing out for people? Uh, and I'm hoping that my cat's meows are getting picked up, which I think that they are, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, we are going to be releasing vampires, John Carpenter's vampires, because in April the month our our next patrons only next month's patron only episode, which I'll announce now. Actually, Chris Cabot, say what it is. We're still doing the thing, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> That is getting Whoa. kept in. <laughs> John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes, there it is. Like the they, people have wanted that episode as a We Love Movies for years. It's, and talk about a great movie to do for isolation-related reasons. Exactly. What are you saying, Chris? It's my, uh, it's my favorite movie to say wimpily. <laughs> Oh, boy. So uh, so we will see you guys uh, in a couple weeks. Please enjoy uh, the Unlocking the Vault. Uh, but until next time when uh, we are talking about John Carpenter's vampires, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Eric Siska. Chris Gavin. Take it easy and stay healthy.
That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>